You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. I'm really, I'm really excited. Um, I thought you were going to start singing. I thought that was like... Sometimes I do, but I'm not going to. Uh, not in the presence of the person who should be doing the singing. That's true. Please don't. Casey Levy is, is with us today. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've, I've missed you. And Dan, at the beginning of this, was like, Joe, don't veer too much off topic because we'll be here for two hours and you have a four-year-old and you're pregnant and your time is very valuable. So I'm going to try to stick to the questions and I'm not going to... He's going to try his best. And it's not going to work. so am I. It's all good. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I've been a fan, so it's fun to be here Oh, that can't be true. That can't be true. She must just be saying It is true. Are you just being nice? (laughs) <laughs> no thank you i've listened to it <laughs> well i wanted to bug you about it back when we were working together and it just for some reason i you know what? i'm just gonna be honest about it it was like while we were working i was like i don't want to bug her i just don't i didn't want to yeah. bug you i didn't want to bug you um, and now that we have time on our hands <laughs> now i'm bugging you <laughs> i i mean i thank you for that i would have I done it then because i adore you but i i that's really thoughtful and it takes it takes someone who is insanely busy doing eight shows a week to know that asking someone else, even in the same show, who's doing eight shows yeah. a week, to do anything extra locally is taxing. Yeah. So thanks for that. But glad to be here. Yay. Well, for those of you who don't know, and we're just going to run through some of your credits real quick and make you uncomfortable, and then we'll and then we'll just get to, yes, get through that like very quickly. Um, but okay. Broadway credits include <laughs> Hairspray, Hair, Alphaba, Ghost. Les Mis, First Daughter Suite at the Public, Murder Ballad, Off-Broadway, and then obviously Frozen. We're going to talk about all of that. So an actor is saying his lines, and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. I'm such a fan of yours. And this, so <laughs> I'm blushing. Really <laughs> because we see so you work with people and you have to be cool or you have to pretend to be cool in some way. And now I don't have to. Right. Like it's over. Like we don't it's done. Yeah, we've had the whiskey. We know each other. Yes. So we know each other. Yeah. Mm. So now I but I also like because we're we're not at a bar, you're on our show. Mm-hmm. I can I can just tell you all of the things that I really think about you because I think you're unbelievable and you're one of the kindest, most talented people I've ever worked with. That sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Thanks, dude. And um, yeah, I just, I I have 10,000 questions and we only have an hour, so let's get to it. All right, all right. Dan, do you have any questions? (laughs) (laughs) No, that was nice to see. That was, Joe likes to come in hot with the, you know, Big fan, but in this case, I think it's like it's worth saying. We've both been watching you for a long time, and thanks, guys. Well, now I you're here say, on I'm, our show. What a yeah, what a world! It's weird how like in the middle we're of a global pandemic, more with people at this time than we normally were, you know, prior. And it is one of the few silver yeah. linings of yeah. this insanity that our world is facing. So, yeah, this is really refreshing. Also, because I think when we're all working and in the grind of the eight shows a week, and we're doing like press type things all the time um it can be a bit of a slog or it can feel like not that special but this is really special to get to talk about like why like i love the title of your podcast like guys who love musicals like that's really what's at the heart of all of this for all of us and i think it's easy to forget that when we're just like busy and tired and performing and so it's nice actually to to Mm -hmm. like have this conversation now and be able to reflect on what we actually do love about what this business is, you know, and why we do this. So yeah, it's cool. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we also found at the beginning yeah. of it that we didn't really want to ask people during the beginning of the pandemic. And our listeners will know that like we, we kind of went back and forth about like, do we want to spend the time talking about this thing that we love mm-hmm. when it's not happening? And so we took some time off and now it's really fun to talk about because 
we miss it so much. There's some light at the end of some tunnel in some form of the distance. So it's like, anyway, we'll just, we'll nerd out for a little while. How are you? How's, how's, how you doing? How's pandemic Um, life? (laughs) My husband and I and our kid, so David, Reese's my husband and our, our son, we have not been in New York since the end of March. So we went and spent five months in Canada with my parents through the middle of the summer. And then we went, uh, we came back to the New York area and now we're staying just outside the city with family. So we have not been like alone as a family, just the three of us in nine or 10 months. So like on the one hand, it's been amazing just because our families have been there for us and incredible. Um, (laughs) And you know, our four-year-old, he's a real energetic kid. So like staying in the city when we couldn't just go to the park (laughs) was kind of not an option. And we've been rather, um, I mean, extremely Mm-hmm. extremely conservative about all of this. I know people are sort of at varying levels of, of safety and like, that's totally fine, you know, but we've mm-hmm. been incredibly locked mm-hmm. down the entire time. And so we were like, we have to go somewhere mm-hmm. where like there's space for this child to run or we won't survive. <laughs> so it's been great to have places to go. It's also been just like kind of sad to not be in New York. Cause I, I, that's my home of 20 years and we miss our apartment. I mean, you know, so we're really totally. good because we're healthy and we have support. And so we're grateful, but we're also having like, I feel like the days that are good are great. And the days that are hard are really crappy. And I yeah. think a lot of people relate to that. Like the highs are high and the lows are really low. And mm-hmm. totally. And then you add in all of us not having our livelihood and our, like our outlet of creativity and our, our sort of like reason to be, and it can yeah. be really tricky. So I am well, I'm grateful and healthy, but I'm also like, mm, blah. Yeah, it's, it's a double-edged <laughs> yeah. sword. You had f- five months, nine months to spend with family that you never would have had, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in that time in your yes. career to to, ha- to share that time with your young child and all of that. And now the the other side of it is just, where's my purpose? What am I doing? Am I moving forward? Yes. What's going on? <laughs> How are we going to pay our bills? All of that. And you were in Carolina yeah. Change when everything happened. And that was, you know, one of the most anticipated shows of the season. Do you guys have any idea what the status is with that? Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, I think we can. I mean, it's they've been an amazing communication with all of us. So that's been a great bright spot. And even when the communication was, hey, we have no idea what's happening, they would send an email. <clears throat> nice, me, nice. Which was great. And um so roundabout's been super dreamy in that way. And it is looking like we have dates for the fall. So we're going to hopefully Great. be assuming, you know, the world is safe to do so. We'll be in um, previews at some point in the early fall. So wow. I do also feel like psychotically fortunate that I even have that to look forward mm-hmm. to. As we know, with the way things have happened in the last year, like who really knows? But right. having that to kind of hang my hat on, even if it's not solid, has been good for my mental health. And I've, my heart really has been going out to all of our friends in the business who like don't have that exact um, situation mm-hmm. because totally hard enough. Like we're used to this when it's a few months here or there, mm-hmm. you know, like right, when the world is right. open, we're like, okay, we don't know where our next job is coming from. We understand what that is somewhat, but this is obviously very different. Mm-hmm. So it has been great to know that Caroline is a priority for roundabout. And, you know, it was already going to be so um, meaningful to have that show open because of the content and the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, especially, you know, in light of what's happened in the last year, it will be even more important for this story to be told again. So that's not lost on me either. That like, that's an honor I get to look forward to. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, truly. And I, I think that, you know, I'll, you know, the silver lining, you know, Dan, you just hit on it, that when, when we were ending frozen, that, you were you were doing double duty mm-hmm. for a while with Caroline. You like you found out about it, and it was oh my gosh, you know, and like we like gave you a bunch of shit for it. That it was like oh yeah, of course she's just going off to like you know, like we're all going on vacation on, on a <laughs> vacation for the you know no you know I'm not working and Patty well Patty was having a baby so she had she was doing the most important thing one can mm-hmm. do but I wasn't I had absolutely nothing <laughs> planned and it was like oh yeah Casey's going on to start in this amazing revival to then say, Hey, actually you got to take a breath. No, like you have to take a breath and you got to spend a bunch of time with your family and the family's going to grow. 
and it's still going to be there on the other side. I mean, how wild is that kind of looking back? It's crazy. It's crazy. The, the like treadmill we were all on just ramping up to the end of our frozen run was already crazy enough. And then being doing double duty, being in rehearsals for this whole other show, this whole other sound, this whole other type of role um, that I really felt like I hadn't like dove into since um, actually when I was at the public with first daughter suite and Michael John Lacusa's show, which is much, it's much more of a like esoteric and intellectual and non-commercial sort of piece. So um, it was a weird shift to be navigating at the time anyways. And then, yeah, to have it all abruptly stop at first, I really thought it was going to be three weeks. I don't know what you guys, did you feel that way? Same. Yeah, no. I thought. Well, ask Joe. Well, no. Well, ask Dan, Joe what no, I thought. Dan, yeah, <laughs> Dan, Dan was like, Dan was like, this is this is going to be a long. Uh-huh. This is like, going to be real. I read and it's too much New York Times and and, and listen to too many yeah. podcasts to to think that this yeah. is going to be short. I was like, it's going to be next June. I said in in April. I was saying next uh, June twenty twenty one, which I'm not proud yeah. to say. That's not like something I'm excited no. about. But yeah. Yeah, well, that's what Donald McNeil, that's what the guy, the yeah. infectious disease reporter at the Times kept saying is like, I've been right about all of this stuff and I'm not happy that I'm right. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just look back and I keep thinking how lucky we were that we got to finish our run in Frozen at all. True. Right. True. Like, that's insane. I, it would have been so heartbreaking to have that abruptly end after like three years or something with, with the parts. And then, right. of course, thinking about our replacements. Sierra Renee and Mackenzie and and Ryan um, Mm -hmm. not having longer than what was it two and a half weeks or something that just makes me sick that's so awful yeah Yeah. but you know so it's been tough for everybody in every corner of this you know yeah yeah what are you most excited about as far as as far as you know to shift to some to lightness I guess with Caroline like what are you most excited about when people get to see it like what what was that experience like right when it ended and what are you most excited about for people to see? I feel like we were just kind of claiming it when we had the shutdown hit because we had just done our first run through and the night of the shutdown, which was March 12th, that afternoon, that evening was going to be our invited dress rehearsal and the next day was our first preview. Wow. So we had just kind of like ripped the bandaid of the first run through with tech the night before. And we were like, okay, we're not terrible. Like we were rough, but we were like, we got through it. Okay. So this is a thing we can do this show. Um, and, and then of course we didn't. So it was, it was weird to be like at the beginning stages of bonding with the cast and the crew and then have to go our separate ways. Cause we weren't like settled. We weren't in a groove at all. Um, but we all had really good vibes around it. I mean, all of us were actually incredibly nervous. I think I speak for the entire cast when I say that. Maybe not sure. Yeah. She knew her steps, you know? <laughs> and she's, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. she's so brilliant in the part. It's So I'm really excited for New York. First of all, just sidebar as my old friend from Ghost because we did Ghost together in the UK. And she's a massive theater star over there and TV star, I should say. But like, she's, you know, hot shit in the UK and people just don't yeah. know her in New York. So watching her go from O to May, which is how I knew her in Ghost and be hilarious and like kill every bit of comedy and sing the crap out of Ghost and then play Caroline was like uh, a mind fuck in the the best way possible. So I'd just be in the rehearsal room like watching her and being like, I can't wait to watch New York freak out over this woman because she's also (laughs) like the kindest, most humble, most chill. So that is something I'm excited for. Um, but the rest of us were, <laughs> were like incredibly grateful to be there and also super scared of screwing it up because we all like loved the show um, from the first time around. I actually mm-hmm. never got to see it, but I knew it. And it's, you know, Tony Kushner and right. Jimmy Tesori. It's like terrifyingly brilliant Legendary, people. right. Yeah. And our director's a genius and lovely and young and <clears throat> soft-spoken, but smart as hell and like really gave us room to find stuff. So the rehearsal process was really cool in that way, but nerve wracking. And so I think I'm looking forward to kind of like revisiting the stress of rehearsals in tech on the other side of this thing, knowing mm-hmm. that like we've done a little bit of it so we can kind of re-enter maybe a little bolder and a little more comfortable, even though we'll still be nervous and scared and all of those things that come along with opening a show. 
um, but excited to share this with with the audiences. And I think it's going to hit people really hard. You know, it's a it's an intense show, obviously. Yeah. When I as anytime, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. and especially totally. now. When I get really sad inside, I just <laughs> think about what it's going to be like to do a show in a theater again. You know, I, especially that show. You're just gonna. You're just. Uh, I'm so excited for you. Um, I have a yeah. question. You mentioned earlier you were navigating, I think your words were you were sort of navigating an esoteric uh, <laughs> artsy show while working on a commercial show. You've done lots of different kinds of shows like that. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Like you may yeah. have just been like generally making a comment, but do you feel like... Does your preparation change, but uh, doing something like Carolina change or playing an iconic role like Elsa? I don't know if my preparation changes, but it's definitely like a different headspace to be in. Um, I sort of think it's so funny. Every time I sort of do an interview where I talk about like the shows I've done, I always find it funny that I've been in so many commercial pieces because I don't really think I'm that like commercial but I found weird pockets you know over the years and I know what it is to do and to carry like in a lot of senses um like a big glitzy poppy Mm -hmm. musical so Mm -hmm. I do feel slightly more comfortable in that arena than I do in the first daughter suites or the Carolina changes um because it's just been more of my like bread and butter and I always feel like a heightened sense of like, am I up to the task when I'm doing a show that's a little left of center or like a little less commercial or a little smaller, mm. but um, mm. similar to first daughter suite with Caroline, it feels really exciting to be doing an ensemble piece. Cause I do really love that. I, I love that about hairspray, which, which was my Broadway debut after years of doing the Toronto company first and the tour. I kind of worked my way to Broadway with that show. And I loved that there was, obviously it's about Tracy, but like there's so many principal roles Mm -hmm. and all of the ensemble have these moments to shine. And so it always felt like a real ensemble piece to me. And so that is something I love about Caroline and something I also loved about First Daughter Suite that it didn't revolve around me, Mm -hmm. frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm the kind of actor that's always balancing being like, I want to play the starring role, but also like, don't look at me. Let me fade into the background. (laughs) Let me be part of something else. And that's like my own brand of crazy. So I, I've nice actually never related to anything more that I feel like <laughs> totally. I didn't know that there were other people that felt that way. Um, I, I totally get that. Okay, cool. I'm glad. Uh, you but you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I, yeah. Sorry, Joe. It's interesting. Cause watching no. you, I wouldn't necessarily brand you as commercial either. It's almost like, I, you know, I know I remember from talking to Brian Yusufer when they were putting frozen together that they wanted that show to have a certain darkness and depth and not be glitzy and, and Disney-fied. And, and yeah. then seeing you in the show, I think you were able to bring that as much as you could to, you know, the production at hand. And Thanks. so that yeah. seems to be like your your brand is like bring grounded realism yeah. to like commercial Broadway. And, you know... I, I like that. Hey, you're my new agent. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sorry, innovative. Um, no, that, that actually makes sense. I do think that um, that is probably what makes it work yeah. is like that I'm... Um, I definitely over the years have figured out, and this is like probably plunging forward a few questions that you guys have, but like that the um, messy, vulnerable, yucky side is like actually the good stuff that people want to see. Totally. Totally. When I was starting, I was like very, I was psychotically ambitious and very single track minded and like felt like everything has to be perfect and I have to, you know, Mm. be shiny and fresh and, um, and that worked for a minute, but it also like didn't make me very happy. And then it was like when I started embracing the the mess a little bit more that I started to get the parts I really wanted to play. Mm. And then I started mm. to feel really good about my work and, and enjoy it day to day more than feel like I was um, chasing this idea of like a version of myself I have to play. Mm. You know? I don't know. If 100%. 100%. That's mm-hmm. so interesting. Did that have anything to... Did, did that come in in sort of tandem with certain jobs was there like i mean was there a bout of like unemployment or something that helped you lead to that or was there a career shift or something that helped you lead to that or how did you sort of discover that 
I think it's, it's like a, I think it's, first of all, just a getting older thing, you know, and like growing into who you are sort of in a really broad sense. And then, yes, I do think there were certain moments where I felt like I learned that lesson deeper and deeper. Like a lot of, a lot of what um, held me back at the beginning of my career, I feel like were my expectations. And then when they weren't met, mourning mm-hmm. those things a little bit, or like mm, if yeah. like my ideas of what it should be versus what it was, was hard to remedy when I was younger. Um, and I had, t- I mean, I've had amazing mm. experiences. I've been so, so lucky, but that doesn't mean that they haven't been perfect or that they have been perfect because they <laughs> haven't. So right. um, yeah, I think some moments of that were like uh, getting big jobs like Alphaba after understudying it. And then finally having to leave and go have my vocal surgery to remove a cyst on my vocal cord was like, you know, I had had that cyst on there for years prior to that show, but that show, the load of singing that role just finally kind of broke me. So that was like, wow, I've reached this pinnacle. Oh shit. Now I'm falling down into this other sort of arena of like having to have this surgery and be scared about my future. And what does that mean? And do I feel like, does this mean I'm not worthy of the role or I can't do it? Mm and all the mental stuff that comes with that. And then coming back from that and booking hair and then having this like amazing experience with hair and winning the Tony. And like, we were, you know, the cool kids in town that season. And like, we re I really felt so invested in, in the cause of the show, both on stage and what we were doing off stage and that and met family in that show, you know? And then after that, having ghost and having it be tumultuous moving to the UK mm-hmm alone trying to be this like version of a leading lady I thought I needed to be not really finding my footing but like learning a lot about my voice and having a great time vocally which felt great Mm. but also emotionally being sort of like lonesome bringing it back to New York having New York basically hate the show you know so it was like a lot of a lot of highs and lows um and I think somewhere in those highs and lows is where I figured out that I didn't have to like have all the answers and totally. it was okay mm. to to fall apart sometimes and it was also okay to feel triumphant when I did feel good yeah. um, and I kind of came into my own power by embracing the vulnerable stuff and that's why I think like the last couple shows I've done I've enjoyed more than any of the other shows from my career because I've been able to like breathe a little bit So again, it's like a little bit of age. It's a little bit of experience. It's a little bit of the good things happening and a little bit of the bad things happening. And then just sort of being like, ah, fuck it. This is who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. Because I wondered too with hair, because hair is so like hair is so messy and so cool. Yeah. Like I wondered if there was any of that, like, no, actually you get to be kind of as like, unwashed as possible (laughs) and 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 the and the universe is going to be like oh yeah you're the coolest kids and you're the coolest kids in town that year yeah Yeah. i mean hair was so transformative for me because um i always wanted to do that show and then watching like from a learning perspective i learned so much from will and um gavin you know who became my family and watching them lead a production and watching them navigate the press stuff and the the buzz around them and the Tony stuff and showing up eight shows a week and delivering those performances. Like I really, it was a masterclass just watching the two of them and then having probably the most talented ensemble I've ever worked with. I mean, not probably for sure, just because everybody in that show was a fucking star. Like mm, right. everyone was so individual and so weird and wonderful and like brought so such cool elements of who they were to the piece that I learned how to do that more as an actor too, like to be less afraid of, what I just had inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 So that was a big moment for me for sure. Cause I still like, I got to play the lead and sing like the leading girl or whatever, and like sing a big song or three, but like, I didn't have to carry it like Will and Gavin. And I right. could like, you know, during the big group numbers, go dance upstage and hide for the second. And that felt good. And then I could come down and be like, okay, it's my turn to be center, <laughs> but then I can run away again, you know? So it like really yeah. had that good balance. Right. Um, so that was a big learning one for sure. Totally. That's interesting. Do you think do you think that your this idea of how you bring yourself to work is has some has like really caught my attention recently? Do you feel like that is something that you are calculating 
or is it more just about kind of being present and letting go? I think it's a little bit of both. I think I have to remind myself to do that when I feel scared, which is often. Mm. Mm. So like, uh, I think it's, I think it's really hard for actors to take up space and feel like it's okay to do that in general. I think it's extra hard for women because so many of the people in charge are usually men and it just adds a dynamic, especially young women around whom a lot of these shows are centered. Mm -hmm. It can be really hard to be like, Hey, I have a problem with this or Mm. uh, can I try this instead and not feel like you have to apologize in the preamble. Mm. So I'm already going sideways on answering this. Um, I do think that when I, especially when I'm scared is when I sort of give myself a talking to, and then I go home to my support system, like my incredible husband who like, I truly would not have this career without him keeping me sane. Um, and just being there, just there. Like there have been times he's come, there were times in Les Mis where like six months in, I had this bout of stage fright that I've never had in my entire career. And he would literally just come and sit in the dressing room while I did the show. And it just made me okay. Cause I was like, my husband's in the wow. dressing room. Mm. So like having that support, uh, then would allow me to like speak up when I needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, so it is something that uh, I do on purpose, but I think that it's getting easier to do not on purpose. The more I do it, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's something like when I'm, I teach a lot now, like I coach a lot. And um, for a long time, I resisted that like years and years. I resisted that because I used to think like, Oh, these actors that teach, like, what do they have to offer? Like, I'm never going to, you know, but it, it wasn't until a few years ago where I was like, oh, I think I, I think I could maybe help some people do some things. And now I don't feel like a fraud doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually mm-hmm. love it. And I, it's the thing I always try to tell the young ones that are starting because I wish someone had told me that, that like you're not in competition with other people. Like your own weird is good and like all of that stuff. Um, yeah, like be weird, not right. You know, all of that <laughs> kind of stuff that you don't even really know yeah. what that means because when you're younger, you don't even really know who you are. So it's like kind of the thing that I'm curious about how that works for people because, you know, that's how I've always felt. I've been like, I wanted to do my own thing and be my own thing. But for a long time, I was just chasing what everybody was telling me to be. Yes. I feel like, like, I know you guys are a tiny bit, tiny bit younger than I am, I think. (laughs) But like, I felt like when I was in drama school, it was a lot about like, this is your type. These are your roles. This is the thing. Fall in line. And I think now it's shifting, which is good. I feel like people are like, well, yeah, I sing legit, but I'm also a singer songwriter. Right. And like, so I'll sing glitter and be gay, but I'll also like sit down and sing a Regina Spector song and accompany myself on piano. And like these people come and coach with me and I'm like, you are so cool. Right. Like, I wish I knew I was allowed to um, harness that in myself, you know? So I think the lines yeah. are blurring a bit and there's a little less like static spots for people. Yeah. I think um, we're starting totally. to see people. I mean, when Joe, Joe and I went to drama school together, which the listeners know, but you may not know. And I was a year after Joe and we yeah. basically did the same exact rep our whole time there. They were like, you guys are the same. And then the minute yeah. we graduated, we ba- basically never auditioned for the same thing. And now it's come back around because there are, you know, there are specific moments where we fit into the same thing, but mm-hmm. we know how different we are. And I think what the yeah. business has done in the last since our teachers, our drama school teachers were in the business, is that mm-hmm. people who are uniquely themselves are the ones who are being pushed to the top. The people who have something that no one has seen before is the thing that we're chasing, as opposed to this is the guy who's going to play every baritone role. This is the guy who's going to play every tenor. You know, this is the girl who sings legit. It's like they want to see people do stuff, you know? Totally. I totally, Yeah. I mean, we hope that's where it's headed. It's kind of headed that (laughs) way and we hope it keeps going that way. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that it is. Um, I mean, I think it's also not just been in theater that that's happening. That seems to be happening in TV and film too. And and even just like the crossover of all the theater actors booking TV shows Mm -hmm. and like big TV shows or like getting record deals and stuff. Like it's starting to be almost like back in Judy Garland times where like, if you were a big star, you were a big star everywhere. Right. So that's kind totally. of fun that people have those options open to them more now. For sure. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I, I love that. And I had a question about you fr from a music perspective because, I mean, the the nerdiest part of it is just, I think that you have one of the most remarkable instruments of anyone I've ever heard the let it go was perfect every night. Blah, blah, blah. We all, I, I know that you, you know that you don't know that. Um, I'm rambling. My question <laughs> here question? is about the question is about is, is there's, there's a, there's a compliment in there. I, I, I love you, but also <laughs> musically speaking, um, I feel like you have, you're like a rock star to everything you were just saying about the voice and about singing and you'd glitter to be gay and, and Regina Spector. I feel like you're a, a rock star that is also tra trapped not even trapped in the essence of, a of, a you know, of, I don't know, pick your soprano that you love. I wonder about your influences from a music perspective. Like how did you, how did you get to where you are as a, as a rock and roll lover in musical theater as well? Thank you for all those things you said. Um, I am a music nerd. I always was. I used to skip school and go to concerts. I, I've seen Radiohead in concert like six times, I think. Mm. I was a big alternative Nirvana, REM, Pearl Jam. That was like my high school experience. So um, not a lot of women in there. But then um, my oldest brother, Josh has like maybe the best music taste of anybody I know. He's seven years older than me. So I also grew up like hearing Madonna and Annie Lennox and mm -hmm. Aretha and like weird dance music and um and then all of this alternative stuff blasting from his room. So I felt like I had the um advantage of being the youngest kid and my two mm, older right. brothers like like my first concert was REM and they took me to see them and it was just like <sighs> so cool. Um so uh, that is sort of, that's what I kind of knew. And then I did plays growing up. And then I like sang in a, like, a jazz band in high school, like, but like a cool one, like a trio, like where people could still smoke inside and stuff. That much cooler than us, Joe. <laughs> much cooler. So, than it wasn't cool. Much cooler. <laughs> so much cooler. I, I was trying to be, you know, I, right. I could recognize what was cool. And I was like, oh, I should like sing in a jazz trio because that would be cool. But like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just, you know, learned some jazz standards. So like, that was my musical world. And then I knew like Les Mis and Rent. And I knew Phantom of the Opera, but I knew I couldn't sing like that. So I was not that interested in it. Um, <laughs> and that's like what I knew when I went into drama school. So I didn't know like the fifth, I wasn't the musical theater person that had all the albums and knew about like Bernadette and Patti Lapone, Like I knew Evita, obviously, like I wasn't living under a rock, but I certainly didn't have those lyrics memorized. And like, mm. so that's sort of like how I approached it. And it was in working over the years that I came to really like understand a bit more about musical theater and start to listen to people that became idols for me. Like I remember how rocked I was by Sutton Foster singing Gimme Gimme on the Rosie O'Donnell show when I was still in high school. Mm -hmm, I was like, mm -hmm. who is that? What is she doing? Like I always loved Broadway. I just didn't know a lot about the trivia of it and the people involved sure. in making it. Mm -hmm. So when I heard like people like Sutton sing or I saw Audra before I saw her in Ragtime before it went to Broadway when it was out of town in Toronto, because I grew up just outside of Toronto. And I was like, who, what is happening? Who is that person? You know, <laughs> right. So those were big vocal influences once I started singing theater music, but it wasn't till I had graduated and was like doing rent on the road and doing it shows a week that I sort of found where I lived within that and like where my voice sat and how to use it. And um, like, I always had natural vocal ability and I took voice lessons with different people over the years, but I wasn't, um, it wasn't like tied up in a bow. I feel like over the course yeah. of working is how I found my instrument and like made it like fine tuned it. And, and ghost was a big turning point for me with my voice. Cause I had, I had just done Alphaba a couple years prior, had the vocal problems, felt really damaged, actually. Mm. And then, but like knew I could still sing those notes and knew they were somewhere in there. I just didn't find them comfortably. And then with Ghost, it just felt 
it just felt like it was my voice. Like it, it was written around me a little bit in the final moments, you know, but um, it just was like a great match. And that's when totally. I really started to find like, oh, now I know what my mix is. Like, I finally know what my mix is. It really wasn't until Ghost. Um, and that has carried me forward. And, and so I'm always like telling people, you know, you can be like a bit of a late bloomer. You can still be working and achieving and learning, but like, you don't really stop learning. Like, or you don't, yeah, you don't stop learning. Because yeah. that was a big, massive moment for me. And Ghost was like my fourth or something Broadway show. So, you know. Does that answer anything you yes. just talked about? <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't actually a ask a good question. There was no question. There, I don't think there. I, I don't think that I, I used a verb for like a minute while I was just rambling on. But that's a great. That's awesome. I I, I love I love to hear that. Was there a teacher or anybody that helped you rehab from the surgery and all that? Yeah, yeah. There were a few. So when I was in LA, I was working with Eric Vitro, who's a genius. He's sort of like the guy in LA, mm -hmm. and he was very helpful. In amidst all of my issues, trying to continue to sing Alphaba when I it was like running a marathon with a rock in your shoe, essentially. Right. So wow. he helped he helped keep me in the show and navigate around the hemorrhaging and around the stress and the pain and stuff. And then after um, as well, because I had the surgery out in LA. And then when I came back to New York, I worked a little bit with Joan Later, who's also a genius, and she was amazing and kind of bridged that gap for me. And then eventually I found my way to Liz Kaplan when I was doing, I think, Murder Ballad. Mm. Or maybe just after, right around there. And she became like kind of a soul sister. She's, she's just like somebody who I just, I'm the kind of person whose voice teacher needs to be like a therapist. So like, yep, Me okay. too. yep. same, same. Yeah. 100%. So you have to like find, I always tell people like, don't worry if your voice teacher isn't the fanciest in town. You just have to find the person you can cry and laugh with in that session. And then that's your person. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's what Liz mm -hmm. is for me. She's like, we're, we like are cosmically connected. We laugh a lot. We're both like geeks for techniques. So we like to play with little vowels and things and um, have fun together. And she's kind of guided me ever since. So she's sort of my person now. That's so cool. Love that. I think one of the things that I just, I, before we move on, I, I have to highlight this idea of uh, being a late bloomer and all of that stuff, because I think it's so important what you said. And I just wanted to frame it for people again, because I think it's like the thing about what takes your career from one Broadway show to six Broadway shows is this idea that like, you know, you have to keep learning, you know, it's okay. Um, for people who don't have a lot of musical influences now, or don't know a lot about Broadway. Cool. Keep learning. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason I didn't, couldn't sing legit when I was 20, but now like I can sing legit kind of so Amazing. great, you know, like <laughs> we can keep improving and keep growing. Um, totally. you know, which I think is worth, uh, definitely worth mentioning again. Definitely. Is there some kind of resource or book or person or class that you find so invaluable that you would recommend it to somebody else? Mm, yeah. Um, I would say, well, I mean, yeah, we're getting like nerdy actor here, but um, I love True and False, David Mamet's book. It's yep. genius. Mm. It's short. It's I haven't read that book in a long time. I should. I, I want to go back and reread it. Yeah, I should too. Because I remember when I first read it, I was like, oh my God, this is blowing my mind. Um, <laughs> so I, I love that. Um, if you're ever looking for a good film class, I think you've taken with him, Joe, maybe you two both have, but um, Bob Krakauer is the best. Yep. Oh yeah. Good in releasing, yeah. uh, especially theater actors hangups about being on camera. So like great mm -hmm. and just a great dude. Yeah. Really we're smart. big, big champions of his. He's the we're best. we're yeah. big Bob Krakauer oh. people. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 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 He's amazing. I would say like my biggest teacher has not been like a single like method or person really, but has um, been watching the people in I'm in shows with. And yeah. kind of like, like finding that person in the room who I want to be like, seems mm. to navigate um, their part on stage, but their part off stage well. And I, yeah. I watched them and learned from them. And especially when I was starting out, like that's really what I did. Not as a strategy, just sort of happened that way. But luckily I had all these amazing like leaders of companies to learn from. And I think it empowered me to feel like I could maybe do that one day. Um, mm. and so I think you're, an, you're an amazing leader of a company. Thanks, I mean, Joe. standing there, like you, you, whatever, whoever you were learning from, 
we we felt it That's, at the St. James. So yeah, thanks for saying that. And I, I really wasn't always good at that. Like I think I mentioned when I went over to the UK with Ghost, like I was like, oh no, okay, I'm like this is a crazy job to get. I'm the only American, even though I'm Canadian, but you know what I mean? I'm the only person from over <laughs> here. And like, it's the the girl and Demi Moore and I'm coming from Broadway. So I better effing prove that I deserve to be over there. And I sort of like put on the, the clothes of the leading lady. And I think mm. I went like a step too far. And I actually hid a lot of my like vulnerabilities and my worries and stuff because I thought they were bad. And instead I tried to like, brave my way through it. And I think it made me feel more isolated. So that was a huge learning experience too, to like, oh no, okay. I had to sort of overcorrect and then come back. And um, yeah, it's so interesting. Now I'm hearing myself say this stuff and like, I think we are not taught as much as we should be while we're in our theater programs that who we are is so much of why we get cast. And like, it mm -hmm. is also so much of our, um, it will be such a big player in our day-to-day -day happiness in being in this business because you totally. do have to still want to be in it every day to do it. Cause it can be really tough. Right. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. it's really about finding those good people to look to and like those people that are just a little bit in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'll, I've come into contact with so many people that have shared it with me, you know, people that were ahead of me. Like I remember when I took over for Eden Espinoza and in Wicked, she took me out to lunch. She talked to me through it. Like she was there for me, even though we were new to each other. Um, and then I've always tried to do that when people come in and replace me or are in my understudies or whatever, because I've been an understudy. So I know what that is like, and I know how scary mm -hmm. and like vulnerable that is. So I think it's just important that we share those things with each other. And I feel like most of the experiences I've had have been full of people doing things like that, which is, I guess, lucky. Wow. Yeah. 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 I luck, but also like, I think you, if you're looking for it and you know, if you're available to receive that, then it's going to be, you know, if you were closed off to it, you might mm -hmm. never see that it was there. You Good know, point. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know, but I just know from personal experience from walking into the St. James on the first day and there's a bottle of champagne with a, with a note from Casey Levy and Patty Mirren saying, welcome to the building to, you know, f to the last night. I wanted to ask you just, um, you know, cause we're kind of getting to the end. Uh, what do you remember about closing night? About frozen closing I night? I remember all of it. What do you remember? Were you I rem in your body? I remember, I remember, um, crying uh, I remember entrance. <laughs> I remember crying. I remember um, everybody getting entrance applause. I thought that was very cool. I remember a semi standing ovation at the end of um, first time in forever. And that was like, I couldn't handle it. And so I started crying then and Patty and I were both crying and we fell in the ice cart, but I remember standing <laughs> in the wings watching you sing, let it go for the last time. And one of my top five theatrical memories unbelievable rock concert like <laughs> it was crazy it was one of the coolest things ever that's what i remember uh, what do you remember i remember that <laughs> stuff i remember feeling so happy i think i was like i think i got out a lot of the sad and the like oh this chapter's closing stuff in the weeks leading up to it yeah. and i also mm. had the benefit of having having to put my brain in carolina change so that allowed right. me to separate just like a little more emotionally mm -hmm. safely but, um, but I had, I mean, Frozen was such a great experience, like top to bottom for me that, um, I just had, I was so happy and like, so able to enjoy it as it was happening, which is not usually how I've been on closing nights. Usually it feels like, you know, your wedding or whatever, where you're just like, what, you, you know, you, you get to the end of it and you're like, what the fuck just happened? But I was like, <laughs> I was watching it happen and thanking each chapter like each scene and each song and being like love you bye love you bye to the last people you know to the like the bits I had in the wings like you and me before monster like our bits you know like yeah 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 mm -hmm. um I was like sort of having them and then like releasing them and I didn't even cry that day which is so weird because I am a big crier but we also know Patty Muren is a big crier and when Patty cries I tend to go the opposite and like hold down the fort 
That's just our, <laughs> our dynamic. <laughs> so I knew she would be like a hot mess. And she was. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was she like, was. I gotta, I gotta be the solid one. And, um, and so I think that was also part of me not like losing, losing my mind, but I, yeah, I just kept looking at all the people that we'd worked with and the fans that all came out and went crazy for all of us like that. And I just felt really happy and grateful. Yeah. So it was, it was a wonderful night. Yeah. It was a wonderful night. That's so cool though, to, to hear you say that, you know, just Elsa and Anna to the end, just oh my God, Patty, and, Patty end. and Casey to the end, like <laughs> Casey's going to hold it down. Patty's going to blubber. It yeah. was really, yeah. It's so it was funny because really like fun. in my personal life, I am that crazy emotional person. And David, my husband is the solid one. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get mm-hmm. the luxury of being emotional a lot of the time because I'm just so emotional for all of us. <laughs> um, and so I feel like I carried that dynamic into my friendship with Patty on stage and off too. Where, That's awesome. And I say that with like all the love because I'm totally, you know, all over the place. But um, but yeah, we did have that. We sort of did fall into those roles off stage too, which is funny. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, one thing that you, I just, I was, I didn't even realize that you had released this, but there, you did this cover of You Walk With Me. Yeah. The Fomante that is on Spotify right now. That is one of the coolest arrangements of anything ever. Who Who's playing guitar? This was all done during the quarantine. It was even just done like two months ago. It's this Broadway Lullabies album. Yeah. So Aaron mm-hmm. Lazar... Um, recruited a bunch of Broadway parents to sing lullabies of Broadway songs, turn these arrangements into, uh, make arrangements of Broadway songs into lullabies. And Mm. um, he worked with Travis Howard and Austin Cook, and it all happened during the pandemic. So I think I recorded it in my, um, in this house I'm staying in and like uh, at midnight when all the kids were asleep because we're staying with family and there's other children. And it's insanely loud all the time. So I was like, I have to (laughs) in the middle of the night. Um, And I just emailed with, with those guys, um, back and forth about, you know, I gave them, they said like, send us a few songs you would maybe want to do on the album. Um, and till there was you as my first choice. Cause I actually do sing that to Isaiah mm. and often, but Aaron. Oh, had oh I love that. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I'll do like a classic leading lady. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and then he had already done it and I was like, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but I love the full Monty. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, same. And that song is so beautiful. And I like the idea of repurposing it from like a funeral song to more of a, like mm-hmm. a parent to a child, I'll always be with you. You'll always be with me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I just said, can we do something that's a little acoustic rock like my albums? Like, can we make nice. it sort of um, folky and yummy and not belty and just sort of small? And then I think Austin wrote back and was like, I'm thinking some banjo. And I was like, yes, totally. <laughs> So they just came up with the arrangement and sent it to me and I thought it was beautiful and I just recorded it, sent it back. That's so cool. cool. We'll check it out. Check it out, everybody. It's on Spotify and everywhere else. Um, and also, I just, I also want to ask about music in general, recording music in general. You've, 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 you've recorded albums, you've sung in bands and Rod Stewart, right? Wasn't that who it was? Rod Stewart, yes. <laughs> that is yeah. a whole insane chapter that I can speak to you very fast, which is just that. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> the girl that played Joanne opposite my Maureen on the Nonek tour, the Nonek Networks tour of rent in Gotta 2000. Yeah. 2002. My first job out of college I was 20. She has been singing backup for Rod for years and just Rod, you know, Rod, and, um, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Rod Stewart. And I had just had Isaiah and I was, he was four months old and she sent me a message and was like, Hey, one of the three girls is leaving the band. And this band has been together for like, they, they played for him for like 10, 15 years. Nobody leaves because it's such a great gig and they love him. And it's so fun. She's like, do you want to put yourself on tape and sent me like all this backup choreo that I completely panicked over. Like I hadn't danced since hairspray and I was also postpartum and like very hormonal and, um, I also convinced I was never going to work again because I always think I'm never getting another job. Um, of course, but, yeah. So I was like, okay. And so I f- figured out how to learn this choreography that totally intimidated me and sent a singing sample in. And then I got the job and went to Vegas and sang backup for him for two months, I think three months. 
um, with my baby <laughs> and without David, cause he was teaching. So we brought a nanny and me and the baby. And then I like put on like a shimmy dress and was like, Ooh, and like doing all this like sexy stuff. And it was just, and I was convinced I was not going to be able to pull that job off, but it actually ended up being a massive, um, I don't know, like uplifting moment for me. Like it kind of launched me back into the business post kid, which I needed something to make me feel like, no, you can still do this. Mm. Totally. Um, but yes, super random and amazing. Um, he was Wild. the coolest person to work for. And it was so fun to be like backing up the superstar. And none of all of them were like, you, oh, you do Broadway? Like they didn't give a shit about mm. my Broadway career at right, all. Right, right. It was just like some girl like in a shimmy dress, you know, in high heels. Just like, it was a blast and <laughs> very random. <laughs> I just love it. Are you trying to make more music? Is that something that you'd see in the future? So making albums and doing, you know, just singing and making records more? I mean, I love recording. I love it so much. It's like one of my happiest spots, I think. And um, I really loved making my first album, but sort of similar to the teaching thing. Like I didn't make an album till I really felt like I had something to say or like really wanted to and had a burning desire to do it. So I haven't had the the like need to make my own album again, but I've done singles and little bits and pieces here and there. And that's always made me really creatively happy. So I think I will do more of that for sure. And I love singing like just in concert. I do a lot of concert work now and I really enjoy that. But I think ultimately it's really about the eight shows a week on stage. You know, I'd like to say it isn't because it would be kind of easier. <laughs> and now I'm going to have two kids and try to do this and like not be home at bedtime. And actually this pandemic has just been such a gift and again, in an awful way, you know, but like, it's been amazing to be home to put my son to bed every night, give him bath every night, give him mm -hmm. dinner, be the person that's tucking him in. And uh, it'll be hard to go back to eight shows a week after that. Yeah. But it is yeah. where I feel the happiest and like the most like the actor that I am. I know mm -hmm. you guys relate because I can see it on your faces while we're chatting. I know you feel No, I, definitely. And I, that, I just, I love that. That makes me so happy and excited for you, like as your friend and also as a fan that like it's coming, it's back, it's coming back. It will yeah. be here, it, it, you know, and- And with some necessary changes, you know? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, because things need to change. That's mm -hmm. that's wonderful. That's a whole other podcast conversation about that, but we've been yelling yeah, into the void about that since since April at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um a couple more things and yep. then we swear we'll let you go. I hear Z I hear Z in the background a little bit. I love him. Uh, <laughs> also like having him at the show and getting to watch him watch you from the wings. Dan, it's... he would stand in the wings and watch his mom be Elsa. Like but actually it's, it was so amazing. I will never <laughs> get over that. I will never ever get over having had that experience and been Elsa when I had a kid. It's just nuts. Yesterday we watched frozen too, because we woke up to snow. And so it was snowman. Do you want to build a snowman? And he's, you know, we put on frozen two and he's like, there you are. Like he's still, I'm still Elsa. To him, <laughs> which is that is That's so amazing. awesome. Yeah, He still sleeps with his Elsa doll every night. Like he's, Oh my gosh. He puts oh on his gosh. cousin Hannah's dress and gets her wand and a crown and does the coronation. I'm not even kidding. Did it last week with her. He was like, yeah. Elsa, queen of Arendelle. And like crowned her. Oh. Like he just really loves it still. But yeah, he'd be in the wings and I would just be weeping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just a little nugget. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, well, just a few more things. We'll let you go. We swear to God. Um, what's okay. your favorite musical, favorite musical, most influential musical in your life? Oh God. Oh gosh. Um, maybe most influential. We like, like, you know, cause that can be something from the early days, you know, something that. Okay. So like my first answer probably is lame is cause I saw that at eight and was like, I want to be Cosette. Why am I not Cosette? Who is that bitch on stage? <laughs> 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 and um, I never thought I'd get to do it. So then when I was casting it and was doing it, that whole thing was surreal the entire time. Cause that was like my generation's show. It was really lame is, um, Totally. And then it was like Rent was our Hamilton. So I remember being at like Jewish summer camp singing Rent with my friends. And then for that to be my first job out of school was also insane. So those two, like those parallels were wild for me. Um, but then like, I also knew randomly, like I didn't know all of these um, artsy fartsy shows, but I knew falsettos 
Mm, because my, yeah. parents, my parents used to take a yearly trip to New York and see a bunch of theater and they would always see the weird off, off Broadway stuff. <laughs> and so they brought back the tape and they would play it in the car. And it was like so much of my existence. It was like this weird hybrid of, of music, musical theater, Judaism, which is like weird um, to hear <laughs> in a show like people singing yeah. about it was just like I, I was like what is this magical musical in contemporary it's not like you know it, it's not like 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 the uh like feather on the roof or no, something it's like exactly. wait this is all this is right now yeah. yeah and like my oldest brother josh is gay he came out when i was 10 a little older mate no around that that age so and that's when i was hearing that show for the first time so it was like Jewish gay people who are singing. I grew up in Canada. I didn't know what Broadway was. I was like, this Broadway must be amazing because it just <laughs> kind of like ticked all these boxes. And I like related to Fossettos, even though it's like about AIDS, you know? Right. right. So that in itself is hilarious. But um, that show was a big influence on me too. Um, and cool. And then, like I said, that Sutton Foster on, on Rosie O'Donnell, like I've told this to her many times, but that, that changed things for me seeing her and then seeing that show eventually was a big that's one. That's awesome. Like, that's what I want to do. It's that. like your version of the Beatles on Ed Sullivan or totally. something. Like, like what is happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the, w- the question we ask everybody towards the end, it's the, we, we call it the unreachable star question, which is like what, what you're pointed towards way in the horizon, something you'd love to accomplish. I mean, I, I would love to do more TV. I really like it. Um, and I know, Joe, you know so much about that. I've done just a bit. And um, I would love to do something that's like sort of a, like an HBO dramedy weird girl who maybe happens to sing a little bit, but it's not the center of the plot. That's the kind of part I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that would yes. be really cool. You know, just something that's like, Got a big enough budget to not be totally indie, but feels indie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, if I could, if I could forge my way towards something like that, that would be cool. But um, I also feel like I'm very happy for what I've done. And I feel like each job that we all do sort of leads to the next and leads to the next. So I've never mm. been somebody who has like my dream roles. You know, I don't have the like Barbra Streisand role I'm dying to play, even though my parents are always like, say funny girl. I'm like, I don't, I don't have, <laughs> so I don't have too much planning in that regard. I just really like how things tend to play out and it's nice to um, work with people that make you feel good. So that's the other mm-hmm. big goal is just to always keep like, especially now after this time in our world, I feel like all of us yeah. are, are very aware of our time and we want to do things that feel worthy of taking the time away from the people we love yeah. and that make you feel mm-hmm. like, like a good about yourself and good about your art. So I would just like more of that, please. Yeah, totally. 100%. We're going to do something eight times a week for two years. You want it to be something that you feel like, I'm glad I did this thing. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm having fun every day with the people that I'm doing it with. Which is right. what Frozen was, don't you think, Joe? Like we had yeah. some fun. It it really it really was, and yeah, I could go on and on about that company, but it was just like it was just so many pros. It felt like a bunch of people. It was not a lot of like not that getting your Broadway debut means that you're necessarily just a total rookie, but it was like people who had been in the business. Mm-hmm. They all had their lives outside of the show. It was a great job. It was a great job for, you know, families loved it. People went nuts for it. But it was just like everybody had a super healthy relationship with musical theater. Yes. That's what I, that's what it felt like. Yeah, and not a lot of egos, you know, just yeah. a lot of like Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good good vibes in that building for sure. Yeah. Well, Carolina change and here we it's just something to look forward to. It'll be cool. Yeah. Casey, where can people find you? Oh, you know, the usual. Uh, oh, the you old, know, the, yeah, on the know, interweb. The That's Instagram right. Instagram and, and the Twitter sometimes. Usually it's just political stuff, but every now and then I tweet something about musicals. Um, and yeah, those are the best places. And then, yeah, if you want to hear some of my songs, you know, you can find them floating around Spotify and and our cast albums, really. Yeah. Yeah. That? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I I feel like a little bummed that this is sort of a one-sided conversation because I sort of want to turn the roles around now and find out all of your answers to these questions because, you know... um, and that's all the time we have today. No. On. <laughs> well, you'll just have to come back and play host. We'd be honored. Oh my gosh, totally. That would be really fun. Well, we're, we're early listeners, enough. I'm sure listeners want to hear these answers from you guys. Like how many How many have you done now? Uh, this, this is, is 70-ish. Well, depending, yeah, 70-ish, yeah. That's insane. Uh, yeah, it's, wow. been, it's been awesome. We did, we did one of those episodes a while ago. Last um, January. Yeah, but we maybe do one. We should do another one. I actually want to start like having people back. Like we talk to you now. You're about to be mom times two. In a year from now, you're going to be mom times two, starring in another Carolina Broadway Change. show. You know, so it's like getting that Tony nomination. We and we're going to have you back. Oh, yes, God, so we're going to have you and back. We're going to have you back. No. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. So, so we'll do all that too. We'll 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 have it. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll check back in. We're not none of us are going anywhere. Like we right. don't find each other. So I know. Right. I know. Well, you're the best. Thank you for listening to Guys Who Like Musicals. We are now part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Woo! We are hosted by Dan Tracy. That's you. And Joe Carroll. That's me. We're produced by Ryan Kincaid, and Matthew Mucha is the social content manager. You can find us on Instagram at Guys Who Like Musicals, on Twitter at Musical Guys, or the old-fashioned way at www.guyswholikemusicals.com. If you'd like a chance to be featured on the Ask the Guys segment of our show, please call 203-900-7990 and leave a message with your question. As always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.